Welcome again. So glad you're here. Got a good crowd um, heading into this wet, um, colder week, which we need the rain. So I hope you're praying for rain because we certainly need moisture around here. So it'll be a good week, and I hope you have a blessed week. We continue our series called Blessed Assurance, a study of First John. It's a 23rd book of the Bible. If you go to the end at Revelation and just go five books back, you'll find First John. It's not a long book. It's a very short book. It's just got five chapters, 105 verses, about 2,500 words. It won't take you long. So if you haven't read that, we're going to be in First John for several weeks, and I'd encourage you to do that. This is a letter written by John to inform us. He wants us to know some things. And so we have from chapter 5, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. So as we go through 1 John, there's things he's wanting us to know so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Now, you may not have grown up with confidence. You may not have grown up with assurance. You may have been told or taught that we can't have confidence and we can't have assurance. And John said that that's not true. I write so that you will know that you can approach God with confidence and with assurance. The first thing he tells us is we need to know Jesus. And he says that which was from the beginning, that which we've heard, that which we've seen, that which we've looked at, that which we've touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life, the life appeared. So, again, he's going to use this word know and known and acknowledge 40 times, and he wants us to know some things, and he wants us to know Jesus. He says, God made Jesus known, and you can know Jesus. And he said, we know firsthand. We saw him, we touched him, we ran around with him. And then last week we talked about this. God wants to have fellowship with us. He says, we've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So we talked about fellowship last week. We're going to spend a little more time on that today. What does it mean to have fellowship with God? How do we have fellowship with God? So here's what he writes. This is the message we've heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word has no place in our lives. Fellowship. John wants us to know that when it comes to fellowship, God brings something to the table God wants us to bring something to the table. If we want to have fellowship with God, He's going to bring something to the table, and He wants us to bring something to the table. What has God brought to the table? Well, to, to understand that at its core, we need to talk about sin. Because when it comes to what God brings to the table, we have to talk about sin, which is why nine times from chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, to chapter 2, verse 6, nine times 
He's going to use that word sin. He wants us to understand sin. And to illustrate sin, he's going to contrast light and darkness. He says, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. When it comes to God, He is light. When it comes to God, there's not a single bit of darkness. When it comes to God, there is no darkness at all. There is no sin in light. There is no sin in God. So to have fellowship with God, we have to understand sin. We have to look face to face at sin. Because sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what broke our fellowship with God. God and sin don't go together. God and sin cannot coexist. And light and darkness cannot coexist. So here's what John says in his gospel. John chapter 1, in him was life, Jesus, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Because God is light, we cannot walk in darkness if we want to have fellowship with Him. Because light and darkness cannot coexist. But that's what a lot of people think. That's what a lot of Christians think. There are many Christians who believe that you can have fellowship with God and continue to walk in darkness. And John wants us to know, if we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. You can't claim to be a Christ follower and continue to walk in darkness. They cannot coexist. Here's what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, But you brothers are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate. Remember what we said last week. God wants to have fellowship with you. God wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to have that relationship. He wants to have that communion. But that fellowship was broken because of sin. Again, God is light. And He calls us to walk in the light. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Now, before God called us into light, before God called us out of darkness, before God could have fellowship with us, something had to be done about sin. Something had to be done about your sin, about our sins. So remember, in order to have fellowship with God, somebody's got to take care of this sin problem. And that's what God brings to the table. So let me help you better understand sin. Let me give you a couple of words you'll read in the New Testament. The first word is justification. Justification is what God did at the cross in Jesus. Justification is, is when God took care of our sins at the cross. Because God is light and because He cannot look upon sin and because He's a just God, and because something had to be done to atone for our sins, because the sin debt had to be paid, God sent Jesus to the cross. And at the cross, justification means 
not guilty. Because of what Jesus did at the cross with our sins, we were declared not guilty. Here's a verse we looked at last week. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Not counting our sins against us. Not guilty. So when we say that you are justified in Christ, that means you are not guilty of your sins. That's why we need Jesus. Because Jesus came to take care of the sin problem. Because to have fellowship with God, someone's got to take care of the sin problem. And Jesus did that. Here's what Paul writes, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Justified freely. We sing the song, What can wash away my sins? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, let me teach you another word. It's called sanctification. So you got justification. That's what God did at the cross. Justification deals with the sins of our past, everything we've done. Sanctification is what God starts doing, the process, when we become Christ followers, God starts dealing with what causes us to sin. So when we respond to God and when we become Christ followers, God begins this process called sanctification. That simply means He's going to transform us into the likeness of His Son. He's going to transform us into holiness. That's why you don't need to be baptized for every sin that you have. We just have to have a conveyor belt up here because we'd be constantly sinning going through the baptistry. You don't have to be baptized over and over and over and over because God is sanctifying us. He justifies us at the cross, and then He begins this sanctification. How does He do that? Well, we did a study of the Holy Spirit. We're sanctified by the Holy Spirit. When we become Christ followers and God dwells in us and His Spirit dwells in us, His Spirit starts sanctifying us, making us look more like Jesus every day. That's why we read in, got all these words in one verse. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So, that's what sanctification means. If you want to have fellowship with God, something needs to be done about sin, and that's what God brings to the table. Our problem is we really like sin. We gravitate towards sin. So this sanctifying process is ongoing. We all have a sin problem and we like to gravitate. And so John says if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So I don't know how you look at you in the mirror and if you look at you and say you have a sin problem. In fact, we don't even like to to call it a sin problem, but we don't get to call it. God is the one who defines it. And if you say that you have no sin, then you're saying you don't need Jesus. And if you say you don't need Jesus, then you can't have fellowship with God. Because Jesus came so that we could have fellowship with God. 
God sent Jesus to make provision for our sin. And if you say you don't need any provision, then you're saying you don't need Jesus. So you've got to look in the mirror and realize, I have a sin problem. Sin is disobedience to God. We don't like to call it that. Sin is living in rebellion to God. We don't like to call it that. But because God is light, He cannot make light of sin. Again, some people will say, well, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about sin? You name your sin, what's the big deal? The big deal is, sin is why Jesus went to the cross. The big deal is, sin separates us from God. The big deal is, sin is what breaks our fellowship with God. Again, we want to call it something else. We want to relabel our sins. I just messed up. Didn't mean to. Let's call it something else. It's just a slip of the tongue. It's no big deal. Just an alternate lifestyle. We don't want to call it what God wants to call it. Sometimes we even blame others. It's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my brother or sister's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's Satan's fault. It's God's fault. Because we don't want to look in the mirror at our sins. And sometimes we compare ourselves to others saying, Well, okay, my sin's not as bad as your sin or their sin or other people's sin. Listen, folks, it's called sin because that's what God calls it. It's walking in darkness. So you can't claim to have fellowship and say you have no sin. You can't claim to have fellowship and relabel your sins. You can't say you have fellowship and make excuses. Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could redefine sin. Jesus died on the cross to take care of our sin problem. And when it comes to sin, here's what God brings to the table. He justifies us and He sanctifies us. Now, John says there's two things that we need to do. Here's what God brings to the table. He justifies us. He sanctifies us. He takes care of the sin problem so that we can have fellowship. But God says, here's two things I want you to do. John says it this way. If we walk in the light, and if we confess our sins. So let's look at those. The first one is if we walk in the light. God says, if you want to have fellowship with me, you need to walk in the light because I'm light. What does it mean to walk in the light? Obviously, it means we avoid the darkness. We run from the darkness. We don't flirt with darkness. As each day goes by, we hate the darkness more and more. We strive for the light because when you become a Christ follower, your walk should be different. Paul says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk this way. So when we become Christ followers, our walk should change. Our walk should look different. Because we're walking more towards the light and in the light. Here's what Paul writes in Ephesians. Among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, as God's holy people. God's holy people. That is the word for saints. That is the word for holy. That is the word for 
sanctified, as God's sanctified people, we should look different. We should walk different. We should act different, which gets us back to that sanctification. When we are baptized into Jesus Christ and justified freely by His grace, God begins the sanctifying work. problem is a lot of people just want to stop at baptism thinking I can keep doing what I was doing. I can keep living the way I'm living. I punched my ticket. I got wet. I've been baptized. Here's my get out of hell free card. And God says, no, I want to sanctify you. I want to change you. Remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? You can go back and read that. Joseph was promoted and put in charge of everything at Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife thought he was a young, good-looking guy. And she put the move on him and tried to tempt him and seduce him. You want to know what he did? He ran. He ran from the darkness. He ran towards the light. He ran towards God. He got out of there as fast as he could. And as Christ followers, that's what we should do. When we see darkness, we ought to run and get out of there as fast as we can. The problem is, since we like sin and we gravitate towards sin, we tend to run to the darkness because we like it. And John wants us to know that we need to walk in the light. The second thing, he says, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, God says... I want you to confess your sins. Confession means, again, we look in the mirror and we admit and realize we're sinners. Don't relabel it. God calls it sin. We're sinners. Don't make excuses. Don't blame others. It's not my fault. We look in the mirror and we say, I, I'm a sinner. Remember the story of the prodigal son and he ran off and did you who knows what. And then he came to his senses. That's what the Bible said. He came to his senses. And when he came and ran towards his father, he said, Father, I have sinned. Because that's what it's called. So when you look in the mirror and you go before God, you need to admit that you are a sinner. The mark of a real Christian is not sinlessness. The mark of a Christ follower is sin consciousness. We need to be aware that we are sinning, and that sin is what breaks the fellowship. And that's what God wants us to have. Confession. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That's not something we came up with at this church. That's something we believe at this church because that's what the Word of God says. We're supposed to confess that Jesus is Lord. That word confess, your translation, if you acknowledge, there's that word that John uses. If you acknowledge, if anyone acknowledges, confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. So let's wrap this up. John wants us to know some things. He wants us to know some things. And he says, you can know Jesus. And you need to acknowledge Him. And he wants us to know that you can have fellowship with God. Because God took care of the sin problem. But to have fellowship with God, we need to walk in the light and we need to confess our sins. That's our part. And when we do that, when we do that, when we do what God calls us to do, when we walk in the light and when we confess our sins, God promises God promises 
You can know this with assurance because God is faithful and God is just and He keeps His promises. When you walk in the light and when you confess your sins, God is faithful and just and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. He will purify us. He will cleanse us. He will forgive us. So when you put your head on your pillow at night and you're wondering, I just don't know. I don't know if God will forgive me. I just don't know. This sin was a big one. I just don't know if He will purify, cleanse, if He will forgive from all sins. Sins you've committed in the past. Sins you've probably already committed today. Sins that you will commit. God promises. He promises. He's faithful. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And He will do it. Because He promises. He promises. So again, here's what we know from John so far. We're going to be spending several weeks in 1 John. We can know that we have salvation. And we can know with assurance and confidence and live boldly that we have salvation. We can know that. And we can know that God is faithful and God is just and God will cleanse and God will purify and God will forgive. Why? Because God wants to have fellowship with you. Fellowship. It's an interesting word. So we're going to take of communion if the communion servers want to head to their tables. Let me tell you about fellowship. It's an interesting word in the Greek. It's koinonia. God wants to have koinonia with us. God wants to have fellowship with us. God wants to have communion with us. God wants to share with us. And one of the ways He wants to do that is through what we call the Lord's Supper. Check out this verse. It's not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ. And it's not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. Let me, let me tell you what that word is. It's not the cup of thanksgiving, fellowship, participation, communion. God says, I so want to have fellowship with you. We talk about what God brings to the table. God sets the table. So we've got two tables at the front and two tables at the back because God so wants to have fellowship with us. He prepares the meal and invites us to participate, to share, to have fellowship. Let's pray.